And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Black and Blue Pod. I'm your host, as always, Matt McLaughlin, flying solo yet again. Unfortunately, Timmy had to take care of some uh, some child medical care. Everything's fine. Just son's a little sick under the weather. Um, so I'm flying solo on this one. A little bit of a shorter episode, so I want to make this quick for you guys because hearing my voice gets boring after a while. Even I know that. I'm aware to admit that. Uh, so I'm going to be talking about the Eagles going into week 10 against the commanders. I really want to rail against the 76ers. I really do. And, uh, I'm going to also like briefly touch on Trey Turner to Phillies possibility, uh, because that's been a rumor that's been going around the last few days. So why not just get right into it? So let's talk about the Eagles, right? (sighs) It's so strange being in this position as a Philly fan when you are so confident that your team is going to win. I No wonder why New England fans were assholes for decades. This feeling is absolutely incredible. It's intoxicating. It feels like I'm Superman and my football team, it doesn't matter who you throw at it, this football team is going to win no matter what. Going up against Washington, I'm not scared at all. I mean, Taylor Heineke... Sure, it's not Carson Carson Wentz starting in like what was a year or week, week two, week three earlier in the season. And on top of it, Jalen Hurts is an MVP front runner at this point in the season. I'm Patrick Mahomes, he's great, but MVP for the 2022 season, Jalen Hurts is in the driver's seat, in my opinion, at this point. Let me just throw a couple of stats your way. I just I just need to need to pull this up a little bit. Jalen Hurts entering this week in week 10. 2042 passing yards. That ranks number 10 in the league. 68.2 completion percentage. That's number sixth in the league. Number five, if you take out Matt Ryan, who got benched for Sam Ellinger, and the Colts decided a guy who was on ESPN to run the show from now on. All respect to Jeff Saturday. I think Jeff Saturday is actually a much better coach than he's going to get credit for. I think Jeff Saturday fits into the Dan Campbell mode. Jeez Louise, that was tough. I think Jeff Saturday fits into the Dan Campbell mold of a very pro player type of coach who is going to be a hard ass and just great, you know, football guy, man. Just great football, man. That's all we're trying to play here, man. So let's take Matt Ryan out of the equation. Jalen Hurts could be a top five completion percentage in the league. And that was obviously one of the biggest concerns going into the season was, is he going to take that step to take advantage of the opportunities he has downfield with AJ Brown? He absolutely has, as we saw in that Pittsburgh game last weekend where AJ Brown basically looked like Randy Moss. Good Lord almighty. And on top of that, he's not necessarily risking it. Hurts has a 0.8% interception percentage which ranks second lowest in the league to who else but Tom Brady. And he's still just as effective on the ground. And what's been great about this rushing attack for the Eagles is that Sirianni was finally the one guy to say, hey, why don't we just do with Hurts what the Patriots did with Brady and just quarterback sneak all of our short yarded situations and all of our goal line situations, which is, I don't know why any other NFL coach didn't pick up on that at all. So the Eagles do not get in this position when they're facing 8-0 going into this week and basically looking like a number one seed in the NFC. 
I don't I understand Patrick Mahomes is fantastic. He is obviously going to be great year in and year out. But for this season, Jalen Hurts is more valuable to the Philadelphia Eagles than Patrick Mahomes is to the Kansas City Chiefs. I just think at this moment in time, we this Eagles season hinged on Jalen Hurts' development. The Kansas City Chiefs, they have great talent. And we've seen the Chiefs win without Patrick Mahomes in. So why can't Jalen Hurts be in the front-runner conversation? He should be because – and. I know it's going to come down to like voter fatigue and the voters are going to figure out a way to not give it to Mahomes, which I think hurts has earned it just based on his play. Not just as like, Oh, just because you don't want to give it to Mahomes, give it to hurts. But all that being said, Jalen hurts is a stud going into Washington. I'm or not even going into Washington because the game is at home on Monday night football. I am so confident in this Eagles team. I'm so confident. Even with Jordan Davis dealing with an ankle injury, he's going to be out for a little bit. I who who on Washington is going to beat the Eagles? You think Brian Robinson is going to stop the Eagles single-handedly? I think Terry McLaurin, Terry McLaurin will have a great game. I have no doubt about that because Terry McLaurin's going to get his looks and get his deep balls uh pause. But James Bradbury and Darius Slay have formed one of the best cornerback duos in the league. So I don't think it's going to be a hundred plus yard game. If you're thinking about starting uh, Terry McLaurin or Jahan Dotson, I would seriously advise against that because this Eagle secondary is for real. I know Avante Maddox is questionable going into this week, but the Eagle secondary Slay and Bradbury dangerous CJ Gardner, Johnson dangerous. And so I think there's going to be forced. The Eagles are going to be forcing a ton of turnovers and Washington is just going to have its head spinning the entire time. So I think the Eagles win easily by three scores. I think it's going to be a 38 to 21 demolition derby. I would not be surprised if it's a 17 point lead at halftime and Sirianni decides to rest hurts or start running the four minute offense already. Now that leads into the conversation of why is the Eagles offense struggling so mightily in the second half. I just think they haven't been tested enough that they've really needed to score in the second half. You're looking at some of the opponents that they face, the Jaguars, and they got the Colts coming up. But like this season, they haven't necessarily been tested in the way that other teams have and coming back and looking at the Buffalo Bills, especially after this past weekend's loss to the New York Jets. The Eagles haven't been tested that way because they've been so dominant. So Eagles went 38 to 17. I think it's going to be a cakewalk. And it's strange being this confident as a Philly fan. I'm not going to lie. So I got to take a quick break. We'll be right back after this. Going to be talking some Phillies and Trey Turner possibly reuniting with Bryce Harper. Stay tuned. All right. Coming back from the break. Uh, Trey Turner possibly rumored to be coming to the Philadelphia Phillies, which may be one of the biggest free agent signings in the history of the Phillies, especially, well, right now the biggest is Bryce Harper by a mile. I, I And also, okay. Let me backtrack. I do want to touch on the World Series. As much as it sucks that the Phillies lost the World Series and they don't get a parade this year and you lose a championship, right? 
as much as it sucks, I still love this team with all my heart. I will love every single guy who is on this team till the day I die because they revived a city that was starving for playoff baseball and really forgot about how electric playoff baseball can be when they if they don't have a team and a horse in the race, right? Being in the building for game three against the Braves, the first home seat, home game in, in the playoffs since 2011, it was the loudest I'd ever heard that ballpark. Everyone was just euphoric. It, it's been, it had been so long that I've forgotten what watching great baseball was like. And you just, unfortunately, I have to give it to the Astros. I'm, they have a great pitching rotation. And the Phillies, they, that this, is, this was the MO for the Phillies the entire season. When the bats were hot, they were one of the best offenses in the league. And if Nola and Wheeler were on top of their stuff, you could take two games of a three-game series. We knew that, right? And unfortunately, the bats just got cold. Bryce couldn't figure out uh Valdez Hoskins went completely dark and Hoskins I know he's going to get a lot of flack and I don't think he deserves to get a lot of flack because he's had some of the most iconic hits in recent Phillies memory with this postseason run but those defensive errors they have to figure something out and I'll touch on that later when we talk about Trey Turner but Phillies fans please just be appreciative that we actually got to witness a championship series again and we took two games away from perhaps the greatest buzzsaw team in MLB history. And also the Astros are not a dynasty. They're not a dynasty. Two championships do not make a dynasty. I don't care what anyone says. They are not a dynasty. Okay. Not going to happen. Uh, if they win the next one next year. Sure. That three titles, I think is minimum for dynasty talk, but two championships. Uh, no, no, that's, do we call um do we call the Kobe Lakers in 28 and 2010? Do we call those a dynasty? Not really, not particularly. The Astros have had a great sustained run of excellence, but they are not a dynasty by any stretch of the imagination. Don't even come at me with me with that bullshit. Uh-uh. When you get caught cheating and you get caught stealing signs, I get it. Baseball has been a dirty sport since its inception and since guys have figured out ways to get an edge. But when you were caught and the commissioner had to give the players and coaches involved immunity just to get them to talk and confirm that cheating occurred, that first championship, that is staying forever. That is staying forever. Jose Altuve doesn't deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. And he will get in the Hall of Fame because baseball writers are so goddamn hypocritical that they'll let Jose Altuve waltz right in, even though he got caught cheating in the championship series and before then to get to the championship series. But they'll let a guy like Barry Bonds, who saved that fucking sport, and it has, has his name written in history books as one of the best hitters to ever do it, whether it's illegitimate or not. Barry Bonds saved the sport of baseball off the heels of the Maguire and Sosa chase. That is my problem with baseball. That is my problem with the Hall of Fame. That is my problem with how baseball is covered sometimes is that writers will pick and choose who and who won't get in, and it's just so dumb and needs an overhaul. It's outdated. So glad I got that out of my system.
Um, to go back, <laughs> to go back to the Phillies. This is the chance to build. This is the chance to for this past season to be what 2007 was for that eventual 08 team. And one thing you have to do is acquire Trey Turner, right? So on Wednesday, the Athletics' Jason Stark reported that um, there are, quote, rumblings, end quote, that Turner does want to come to Philly, which would make sense because Turner and Harper played together in Washington, reportedly a close relationship, and this was the big hope that the big hope of the ripple effect that the Bryce Harper signing would, would have created in what was it, 2018, 2019, was that free agents would want to come to Philadelphia to play with Bryce. And on Thursday, MLB insider John Morosi, 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 I hope I pronounced that correctly. I apologize if I didn't, reported that the Phillies are, quote, the most likely suitor, end quote, for Trey Turner, which would make sense given that the Phillies already declined options on Zach Eflin and Gene Segura. They have, I believe it was reported, I may have to double-check this, I believe they have roughly $60 million to spend um, in just in salary. Uh, so if I'm the Phillies, Trey Turner's number one. He circled right on, uh, he circled right at the top of the whiteboard Sorry, I'm looking up stuff. Google. Um, okay, this is this is according to the Inquirer, uh, and using those two numbers as potential limits, uh, the Phillies would enter the offseason with the ability to spend sixty to seventy-two million before their payroll reaches an unprecedented level. If I'm the Phillies, I'm giving Trey Turner all of it, <laughs> whatever he wants. Whatever he wants. This is a guy since 2020. He's first in hits with 467. He's second in total bases at 760. 254 runs. That's third in the league. And he's tied 10th in games with 367. So he's a reliable dude that gets on base. He packs a punch. And he's one of the best all-around players that the league has seen in the last 10 years. Minimum. Minimum. I don't care what anyone else says. Trout, Otani, Trey Turner is in that conversation if you're talking about the ability to play multiple positions and thrive with both contact and power. So with the Gene Segura declining, unfortunately, as much as I love Gene, I, I hope that the Phillies can re-sign him on a cheaper contract because I think he was going to get 16 to $17 million, um, if the Phillies did pick up that option. I think the ideal situation for the Phillies or the ideal uh, remedy is get Reese Hoskins the fuck out of first base. I'm sorry. He could not play first. Defensive errors by Reese Hoskins, unfortunately, costed the Phillies in key situations. So Reese gets moved to the DH. Reese gets moved to the DH. Alec Bohm goes to first. And then... You sign Trey Turner, put him at short, and then Bryson Stock goes to second. I think that is the best situation for the Phillies to uh, maximize the ability of the cap space that they have and the personnel that they have. Because also in the outfield, even if you let Reese Hoskins, I don't know. Let me double check on this. I don't know if uh, – 
the Phillies can let Reese Hoskins walk. I don't know what his contract situation is. Uh, I'm looking it up right now as I'm speaking. So Reese Hoskins heads to arbitration this off the next off season, right? And then he becomes an unrestricted free agent in 2024. If I'm the Phillies, I'm saying, listen, dude, your your power hitting's great, but you can't play a lick of defense. So with Bryce Harper potentially coming back to the field, if, if he does get surgery, there hasn't been any reports to confirm that he will get surgery. Um, so if Bryce Harper does come back and can throw a baseball and play in right field, that's going to be huge because then you can throw Cassianos or Schwarber in uh, the DH spots if you really wanted to. And honestly, just use Reese Hoskins sparingly. I, I just don't think that you can start Reese Hoskins day in and day out as a DH spot. I don't think that's necessarily going to help the Phillies win in the long run. So obviously the Phillies, if they get Trey Turner, I'll yell to the moon. I will be ecstatic. I will be through the roof, but it's going to take some heavy lifting. And if not, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be upset at a Dansby Swanson. I don't want Carlos Correa here. I do not want Carlos Correa in Philadelphia. I think he would be the worst option possible I think he his personality would rub against the Philadelphia fans once they start booing him and he goes into an 0 for 25 slump. And at least with Nick Castellanos, Nick Castellanos said all the right things, said that he needed to improve and see the ball better or whatever. But with Carlos Correa, I just don't think it would mesh well in Philly, similar to why I think the Phillies didn't go after Manny Machado in that offseason with Bryce Harper also being a free agent. So I do not want Carlos Correa in Philadelphia. I do not. Uh, so going to take another quick commercial break. Well, commercial, really, no one sponsors this. That was dumb. Going to take a quick break. I need to hydrate. Uh, and I'll come back, wrap up with the Sixers and Flyers. And, uh, yeah, hopefully you'll be on your merry way. So don't go anywhere, folks. More black and blue pot on the other side of this break. All right. So coming out of the break of nothing, I guess, because why anyone would sponsor this show is beyond me. So the Sixers continue to be one of the most infuriating teams in really in recent memory because they play the Atlanta Hawks tonight. I'm taping this on Thursday night. They go down by as much as – how much was it? They go down by as much as – 20 points and the Hawks almost pulled the Sixers and choked the lead away. So I, I don't like Joel Embiid's putting up gaudy numbers. Sure. But this team just looks like they have no heart that they, they just look like a lazy team. And granted part of this uh, perspective that I have, I will admit is the fact that I listened to Ryan Rosillo's podcast and he listed all these hustle stats that I'm not going to bore you with. But the point of his, his point was, is that they just don't work hard. And that's the worst thing that you can have for a basketball team. I don't think that you can necessarily win if no one wants to work hard. And this is a guy, Joel Embiid, who's been all about working hard. And I think he's kind of upset for not getting the recognition that he thinks he deserves. And Doc Rivers... It's clear at this point, Doc Rivers has to go. They're five and seven right now. Five and seven. You can't fuck this up. 
you, like if you're the Sixers front office, you have to take advantage of the championship window that you have now. Sure, Tyrese Maxey balling. Tyrese Maxey, Matisse Thibault, and Paul Reed look like, and Tobias Harris look like the only guys that want to work in the fucking gym. That's the way it looks right now. And I know James Harden is out for a month with a foot injury. That's a huge blow. But the Sixers have talent. They did this last year. They had half of a season without James Harden, and we're still winning. So what changes? Get rid of Doc Rivers, bring in Sam Cassell, and maybe they like Sam Cassell lights a fire under these dudes' asses that Doc Rivers is too hesitant to do for whatever fucking reason. And I'm sorry. I apologize. I'm going to keep a swear jar on future podcast episodes. I know kids are watching. Sorry, kids. But it's just infuriating. This is a team that has so much talent and, and has been the closest team to win a championship out of the four major North American sports teams in the the city. So what gives? I, I don't understand it. I do not understand it. They'll win against Phoenix, and then they'll drop two games against the Knicks and the Hawks. I don't understand it. I do not understand it. But to end this on a positive note, the Flyers, I'm very impressed with what I'm seeing with the Flyers. I think the Flyers are going to be scrapping for a wild card spot. And I think that John Tortorella has been the best thing for this team. I know they just lost five to two to Columbus tonight, but I mean, they've still picked up impressive wins along the way and they're staying within games. It's not like they're getting crushed necessarily. You look at the last three games. I mean, take this five to two Columbus game out. Against St. Louis, they went five to one. Against Ottawa, they went two to one. Before that, they went a three-game losing streak. But two of those games went to overtime against Carolina and New York. The Rangers were are a crosstown rival, or not crosstown. I'm an idiot. They're a big rival, especially in the division. Carolina is a very impressive team that's trying to contend for a cup, and they're one of the best teams also in the division. I th- this team is is scrappy and. It's the opposite of what I was talking about with the Sixers, where the Flyers don't have the talent, but they will work their fucking asses off in order to stay in games. And I think John Tortorella, this is why you bring him in to develop this talent and to under to, to get them to understand what it means to be a professional hockey player. And I, I'm impressed. The the Flyers are at least watchable, right? Whereas the Sixers. It drives me insane when Embiid's throwing up his hands and yelling at the refs and no one's getting back on defense. And it's just it's just infuriating. But with the Flyers, they host next two games against Ottawa on Saturday and uh against Dallas, both one o'clock games on Saturday and Sunday, respectively. And then I wouldn't be surprised if they steal the next game after the Dallas game on Tuesday night in Columbus. I wouldn't be surprised. Like That's what this team is capable of doing. So kudos to John Tortorella. I love the Flyers. I think that I love this team. I think they're a scrappy underdog team that's going to just work their tails off and try and catch you on a bad night. So props to John Tortorella, man. I know that wasn't the best coverage, but uh, I try my best. (laughs) Uh, So that does it for me at the Black and Blue Pod. Follow us on the best way to support this show. And 
I, this isn't meant to be some corny content creator, like influencer, like every other podcast is like subscribe, comment, rate five stars. I know I I've done that stuff in the past, but please do that. Like I started this podcast two years ago. Wow. It's been over two and a half. Oh my God. I started this podcast two years ago. Right. And I want this thing to grow. I want this thing to be the platform where I can be myself and be the most comfortable me that I think I can be. And the best way to do that is to follow on audio, subscribe on YouTube, and rate five stars. I'm just a Philly sports fan who needs a place for sports therapy pretty much. And I want to do more interviews with cool people and really grow this thing because I feel like I'm sort of like an outcast compared to the traditional sports media realm mold of the buttoned up broadcaster and stuff like that. When I started this, oh, I was, I was terrible, 100%. But I want this to be my version of the Pat McAfee show. And I know that's such a meathead thing to say, but it's the truth, right? It's the truth. I I want this to be the place where I can be the most me. And hopefully, hopefully you guys get some value out of this. I, I hope you do. And again, the best way to support is to rate five stars, subscribe. And because then hopefully it'll get suggested to more people. And hopefully I can get cooler guests and give you guys more value and hopefully inspire you guys to, you know, well, uh, hopefully this is a mental vacation for you or maybe not. If you're a Philly sports fan, you're used to emotional abuse. Um, but hopefully you get something out of the interviews and stuff like that. So this is really late night confessions. I'll end the episode here. Thank you all for tuning in. I really appreciate it. And I'll catch you in the next episode.